Welcome, everyone. You're listening to the Imperfect Podcast. I'm Kathy. And I'm Kennedy. Join us on this week's episode as we discuss intriguing topics and people of interest that will inspire us to explore all of the unique pieces of ourselves. We are all imperfectly perfect. We're We're glad glad you're here. here. Hi, and welcome back to our next episode of the Imperfect Podcast. Are you a worrier? Do you do it occasionally, moderately, a lot, or just a little? Is it a real struggle for you? Does it keep you up at night, make you irritable and unfocused in the day? It's natural to worry about things like a sick friend, a first date, or a job interview. But if those worst case scenario thoughts won't go away, then they can become quite problematic and interfere with your daily life in a real big way. Yeah, worrying can constantly lead one down the rabbit hole. I've been down it many times. (laughs) And uh, it's a rabbit hole of negative thinking and catastrophic thoughts. And not only it not only diminishes one's mental and emotional health, but it can also even affect your body physically. Yeah, yeah. Obsessive worrying can make it difficult to concentrate on and accomplish tasks because you can end up with headaches, gastrointestinal issues, insomnia, aches and pains, and it can leave you feeling depleted and generally pretty gross mentally, physically, and emotionally. Yeah, check, 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 right? Mm, (laughs) Uh, It can also affect your relationships. I've also experienced this as well. And it can cause one to turn to self-medicating, whether that be drugs, alcohol, food, or other distractions like zoning out in front of the TV or your phone or, you know, social media, anything like that. Anything to essentially numb the pain or numb the thoughts. Right. Because worry can really be difficult to stop because, get this, it's actually a mental habit that we develop around our belief surrounding worry yeah so I'm gonna worry about worrying about worrying yeah more or less (laughs) because ironically the negative beliefs that you might have about worrying can actually make you worry more Mm -hmm. like that's kind of a sick joke you know but getting you know the drill you know I worry about everything why am I thinking about this again am I losing it I must be losing it And, you know, and then you start to go down a thousand different rabbit holes. Like I knew it. It's, you know, it's because I eat too much processed foods in my twenties. And I wonder what the next stage is and how long do I have before others start to notice, you know? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Even in my twenties, I'm doing this whole, like, well, if I didn't do this and if I didn't put, you know, that cheap makeup on my face maybe I wouldn't have this issue right now in my adult life but yeah yeah. but uh, apparently positive beliefs about worrying can mess you up just as much as the negative ones do yeah what (laughs) so some people feel an obligation to worry as well some people are just like that so somehow they get caught in the mindset that it shows love, care, and concern for other people. And isn't that so backwards? Like you're sitting there and you're worried, you're worrying yourself sick, essentially, for someone else to make them feel that you love them more because you are worried for them. But then there, it rubs off negatively. I've, I've seen it happen that it, people can feel that the, the worrier is 
pushing themselves too far into their lives, that other person's life, because, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fine. I'm not, I'm not going to whatever, like, you don't have to worry about me. And it's just interesting how people can end up like that. Yeah. And others believe that worrying somehow helps prevent the problem from happening in the first place. What's that? And it doesn't. (laughs) No, no, it, it sure doesn't. It, yeah, it, I think people think it helps them to see a problem from all angles and hopefully figure out a solution sometimes. Yeah. And it's funny. Sometimes there is no solution or sometimes they figure out a solution in their head and maybe they feel a bit more at ease about that. But in the end, there's certain things that you can't control. So for others, it feels strangely safe to do this. So believing that it prepares them for the worst in case of those things happening. But again, sometimes you worry yourself sick and these things that you've worried about for days or weeks or whatever, it doesn't even end up rolling out the way you expected it to. Right. For sure. And, you know, I know I worry. I know you worry. Yeah. You know, I, I think, I think we all pretty much worry, but you know, um, both negative and positive beliefs about worry are based in faulty and unproductive thinking. So we're going to have a look at that today. And the good news is that because worry is actually a mental habit, there are steps you can take to help guide your brain back to balance and stay calm and turn down some of those anxious thought patterns. Yeah. And just before we get into those as well, I'm just sitting here thinking and and mom's like, and you're a worrier and I'm a worrier. And it's very true. And some things like just even what we were just discussing, you can control some things and other things you can't. And for whatever reason, worrying can sometimes make you feel more at ease because you've thought about all the worst case scenarios. And other times it almost makes it worse. Like I know for me, a big one is is the stove off when I left the house? Did I unplug the straightener? Like little things that are in my control. And I found myself driving down the street and turning back around just to go and see if I unplugged the straightener, which is an right. instinctive habit anyways. And of course I unplugged it, but yeah. it, it's, it's, this it just festers. And well, it could be a genetic it. trait passed down from your mother. Mm-hmm. I can remember doing that even when you were in high school, you know? Yeah. Well, and, that, <laughs> and and it's just funny because, okay, so let's say I left the straightener plugged in. Not the greatest thing in the world, but is the whole place going to burn down? No, probably. it's probably just going to be very warm <laughs> when I get home. So anyway, just before we got into those, but um, to just start us off, uh, these are some tips that came from helpguide.org. So um, it can help us to slow down the worry train. So the first one is to allow yourself to worry by creating a worry period or time. So you would choose to set a time and place to worry specifically. Um, You can worry about whatever within a limited amount of time. Maybe you pick 10 or 20 minutes um, during the day, but you're not supposed to worry throughout the day after that. So you can worry all you want within this time frame, but you've got to leave it to then. Yeah. It's also suggested that you write down your worries, Um, you know, constantly throughout the day, this pops in and that pops in and you're just writing down a list thinking I'm going to save this for, for worry time. You know, it, it also helps to take the power out of the what ifs in your head uh, because you know that you're going to have a time to look at them later on. Yeah. And it makes them, makes them less, less big, I think. Yeah. And it's interesting um, 
that that's a thing because we've also kind of brought that up in a previous episode about time management. And this kind of plays into that because you're kind of managing your time to worry. Um, Mm -hmm. And one of our tips was to write it down, write down your things that you want to get done during the day. And you kind of, then you don't have to sit there and go, oh, I have to clean the litter box. I have to take the dog for a walk. I have to make supper. You have it written down. So it kind of takes that stress of remembering out of your own head. So Anyway, Mm -hmm. kind of funny, that correlation there. So then what you do is you review your worry list at that designated time. And uh, the things that, you know, seemed immediate in the moment that you needed to write them down because it was a big worry and, oh, yeah, I'm going to worry about that big time later. (laughs) And then you read it later and it's like, oh, I was craving a donut, but I'm not anymore. Right. And I was worried I was going to fall off the edge with my diet or whatever and I don't even want the donut anymore. I forgot that I wanted it and I don't feel like I need it anymore. Things can be so big in the moment. eh? Mm I want you add a little bit of emotion in there. You know, it just goes exponential sometimes. Yeah. So the number two uh, tip was challenge your worries. So often we can discredit our own abilities by our own faulty beliefs. And uh, we can start by observing things like, are we thinking in black and white terms? You know, like if I don't get everything done, I'm a failure. Well, Mm -hmm. no, it doesn't mean you're a failure. It just means you didn't get everything done. And, you know, just big, big statements like that, Mm -hmm. only looking at the negatives and discounting the positives. Like I eat the cookies, so I suck at getting healthy. I'm never going to be in shape or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you're not recognizing the fact that you have been drinking more water and exercising daily, which are both pretty good habits that you've developed for yourself. And also, uh, often we can assume responsibility for things outside of our own control. Like, you know, your kids run into the to the school bus and they fall and they skin their knee. And and as a parent, if you're feeling guilty because you didn't say, you know, have a good day, don't run you know, Mm. and if you're feeling the guilt of that, that if only I had have, you know, the child could have avoided the accident or what have you, like, it's not really um, under your control, whether your kid falls on the way to the bus, you know. Exactly. Um, So you can also try to look at if the thought is even a true thought, um, or if you're imagining what you would say, to a friend who had this worry. Um, so what we mean is like in reverse psychology, like what would you say to someone else if they were having this worry? Would you look at them strange and be like, okay, so why are you worrying about that? Or would it seem like a legitimate worry for someone else if they were in your shoes? Because mm, a lot of times it uh, can sound illogical when you're in it because, you know, there's all those emotions evolved again. And uh yeah, we can sometimes revert to illogical thinking. Mm-hmm. No, it's very true. Um, so the next one is determine if the problem is even solvable. This is a big one. Mm. <laughs> so it's been shown that while worrying, we feel less troubled because we feel like we are accomplishing something and we are distracted from our sometimes uncomfortable emotions. But unless it is something that is actually solvable, you were just wasting your time and mental energy while you fall further down the what if hole. And that is so true. Some things you just like, I found myself worrying about, I mean, and 
I'm, there's nothing wrong with worrying about this, but I worry about my friends sometimes and what choices they'll make or where they'll end up. And that isn't so much in my control. And I'm sitting here and instead of just being a great friend and saying my concerns to them or whatever, like it's not necessarily something I can control for them. I can, can only, only control what I can do. Mm-hmm. And problem solving really involves evaluating a situation and coming up with concrete steps for dealing with it and then putting a plan into action. But worrying, on the other hand, just rarely leads to any solutions and doesn't really matter how much time you spent dwelling on all of your worst case scenarios. You know, you're not any more prepared to deal with what the problems were to begin with even if they actually even happen. Yeah, you're not necessarily more equipped in that situation because you worried about it for 72 hours or whatever. (laughs) Um, And if your situation is something you can actually take steps towards resolving, then, I mean, obviously you're going to do that and brainstorm and find some areas to take action. So you can take steps in, for example, I can relate to this a lot um, in driving in the wintertime. So what can you do to feel more at ease about driving in the wintertime? Well, you're going to put winter tires on your car. You might put studded tires. You would get the proper windshield washer fluid to uh, make sure that the ice can uh, be removed easily. I don't know, maybe you add some roadside coverage, um, checking weather reports before you leave. I do that all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I found myself, I'll look a couple of days ahead if I know I have an appointment and I'll just say, Hey, can we reschedule that? Because I'm not feeling good about the 20 centimeters of snow or whatever. <laughs> and some people don't have a trouble with driving in the snow and they just truck along and that's fine. But for me, it's something I'm not super comfortable with. So if there's things that you can do to eliminate the worry, um, and you, you take these steps, obviously. So this is just one example. Yeah. And the reverse is also true. You know, if you're worrying about the plane that you're on, if it's going to crash, there's really not much you can do about that one. So, you know, besides short of not going on the trip or not flying anyway, like you sitting in your seat, all strapped in going, you know, Oh, I hope we don't crash. It's really probably not going to change the outcome. So, right. And I mean, naturally, so some people are just nervous flyers anyways, and that's okay. But you know, you just sit there and you go, the pilot's been trained for this and I'm safe. And pretty soon I'm going to be on a warm beach or wherever. <laughs> not everybody flies to the same destination. Well, they should be. <laughs> so if your worry is not something you can control, then you may want to start looking at your beliefs as well. So as we discussed and, um, and accept that there are many, 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 many things that are uncertain in life and things that we cannot control. And I know this is easier said than done because, you know, I'm preaching to myself here, (laughs) but uh, just try to reflect on the things of like, okay, is this in my control? Yes or no. I find a lot of things that help me is if I say things out loud, like a lot of my worry involves, like I was explaining everyday tasks, like straightening my hair or turning the oven on to cook something or whatever. I find if I say things out loud, like I'm turning off the stove, I am locking the door, I am checking the door and it is latched. Mm -hmm. I find if I say these things out loud, they tend to help me. So maybe that'll help somebody else as well. 
Mm, me as me as well for mm. things like that yeah it's just a reinforcement I think a lot of times we rush around and we're so busy with this this or that that you know a lot of things are just behavior and, and you don't take account in your mind so then you're looking back on did I didn't I so right but really chronic worrying is like a backwards way of thinking trying to predict control or protect ourselves from possible negative outcomes but really it doesn't work overthinking and worrying about worst case scenarios doesn't help you control that uncertainty but it does keep you from um enjoying the good things that are happening in the present yeah i've seen myself as well as others uh, go through exactly what you were just saying it 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 literally you, you're depriving yourself of enjoying the current moment because you're too far ahead of everyone else thinking about the next five minutes and about all the bad things that could happen that you're not here right now so you're mm -hmm. just you're quite literally a worry wart um so some people um also will choose faith to help manage their worries believing everything happens for a reason or they're they'll turn their belief to spirituality as well so there's actually a verse in the bible that deals directly with this um it's matthew 6 34 and it reads Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Ain't that yeah. the truth? Yeah. yeah. Uh, the next one we have here is sharing our worries with other people. Often spending time with a non-judgmental friend can help you sort out some of your concerns and worries and also get a perspective from an outside party that you know, isn't necessarily involved in the situation and their opinion be skewed type of thing. The sheer fact of not feeling alone is also helpful. Yeah. And incessant worrying can also be a symptom of a much more complicated issue called generalized yeah. anxiety disorder. And if managing on your own or with a friend or like mom was saying, an outside party uh, just gets to be too much for you, um, it is always an option as well. And you should be uh, aware of yourself um, that you do have the option to see a professional counselor or psychologist to discuss these worries because some people, um, we, we're just talking right now about everyday worries and some people are a little bit more of a worrier than the next person, but um, yeah. some people really do struggle with this. So just recognize within yourself if you do feel you need professional help. Yeah. And uh, how about uh, a tip to interrupt the worry train? So one good method to achieve this is get moving. You know, our bodies and our brains work together. So to put the focus in the physical switches things up a little bit and uh, gives you your uh, body and your system a chance to build neuro new neural pathways. And exercise also release, releases endorphins, so it's an added bonus. And this method boosts energy and relieves tension and stress as well. Yeah, and then there's also breath work that can be super helpful. So if we're stressed and worried and we don't breathe effectively, um, we can actually take shorter and faster breaths. Um, sometimes we even hold our breath like we're doing this whole and you don't realize you're not breathing properly. So this can actually send chemical messages to your brain that can produce more anxiety um, mm -hmm. and the symptoms that go with it. And um, yeah, it's kind of like mom and I were talking before. It's kind of funny how through many, many, many years, you know, and we think of anxiety and 
anxiety is this belief that there's a threat. So you think of where that came from originally. So way back when, if we were being chased by some wild animal out in the woods um, and we were out hunting, say, for example, um, anxiety in your breath would change and you'd have adrenaline pumping and you'd feel this threat. So it's interesting now in today's day and age, um, obviously the threats and the worries are different than being chased by a bear. <laughs> no, but Maybe. The, the thing is your body doesn't know the difference, right? Like right. you get those adrenaline rushes and so to give you the ability to run away from the bear or the right. saber tooth tiger, or whatever it is, you know, but now our bodies experience the stress. We're still having the adrenaline, the cortisol and, you know, but we don't have to run away from anything. And so we're sitting stagnant and that can build up in the system. Right. Whether you're watching a, a horror movie on TV and you do the whole, right. or your breathing has changed or whatever, or you're being chased by a tiger, like you're saying, your body doesn't know the difference. It's the same chemical reaction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So also mindfulness and relaxation techniques can help uh, with this sort of thing. Mindfulness can help worry by training our minds to focus on the present moment. And uh, we're actually going to have another episode of that um, dedicated exactly to that topic of mindfulness. And it will be released soon. So you might want to check that out too. Uh, for right now, we're just going to say that mindfulness is a concept that works because it causes us to retrain our brain, basically. Mm -hmm. And much of our worrying is focused on the future or the past. So because the focus, well, I mean, quite literally, because we're not in the present, right? So um, because the focus of mindfulness is on non-judgmental observation of our feelings and reactions in the present moment, this creates um, a new framework to how we approach situations. So it can be a bit of a process to practice as it's um, a new mental habit, but it is super effective and helping you to step off of you know, the worry trainer traveling down that rabbit hole again or whatever. <laughs> toot, toot, yeah. All aboard. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> so uh, meditation also teaches us to focus on the present moment. And no, you don't have to sit cross-legged wearing a unitard and chant, <laughs> um, uh, you know, you can if you want to, but the real intention here is to refocus your mind and again, switching the focus from the past or the future into the present moment. Mm. And uh, additionally, it's been found that regular meditation activates the prefrontal cortex, which is the area of the brain in charge of the feelings of serenity and joy. So why wouldn't you want that two for one special, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting to focus on uh, aspects of our lives that we often don't discuss with others, um, but yet they're really real parts for us and they can cause a lot of stress for some of us. So if we don't have discussions like these topics, it can e either leave us unaware of others' struggles or ashamed about our, ourselves and alone, assuming that we might be the only ones who experience these things. Yeah, and let me tell you, you're not. Mm, for sure. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So thank you, uh, for listening, uh, to another episode. So until next time, um, just remember that you aren't alone. And according to an ancient proverb, worry is like a rocking chair. It will give you something to do, but it won't get you anywhere. So 
Thank you again for listening to our podcast and we will see you next Monday. See you next Monday. If you or someone you know has a unique story to tell, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at theimperfectpodcast@outlook.com. For more information and how to connect with us on social media, you can visit us at our website, theimperfectpodcast.ca. And from whichever platform you are listening to this episode, be sure to like, share, and leave us a review. We would really appreciate your feedback. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. We look forward to hearing your feedback and seeing you all find that extra joy and embrace your own imperfect. See you next week. week.